welcome to Language Chats. This is a podcast for language lovers in Australia and beyond, where we share our experiences as well as stories from other Australians and a few international guests of learning, working with and using other languages. I'm Penny. And I'm Beck. And we are back today with another language chat um, about one of our favourite topics, um, which is now becoming a bit of an annual tradition that we talk about this. Um, and that is what we've been watching. I know. When, when you said it was, has been over a year since we last recorded uh, what we have been watching episode back, I was like, mm. oh, my goodness, it really has been. I know. I didn't even realize. It feels like it feels like yesterday that we were last having a chat like this. Um, but I'm excited to find out what you have been watching. Ooh, likewise, other languages, um, and what you have been enjoying. Because I am always here with my hand up for recommendations. I know. And haven't we been able to get some cool recommendations off each other over the last <laughs> couple of years of doing we these have. episodes? And I hope you guys. I've also been getting some good uh, <laughs> recommendations. You know, it's not just the <laughs> Penny and Beck TV lovers episode. <laughs> <laughs> yes, being the uh, being the TV lovers that we are, because we do love TV. Sad, sad to say. So, have you got something that's really tickled your fancy over the last twelve months? Something you've really sunk your teeth into? Ooh. Um... Oh, look, I feel like there are a few a few things I've sunk my teeth into, but probably the one that I've been thinking about most recently is a show that I have been re-watching. So I'm now watching it for the second time, um, and it is a Danish series called Rita, um, and it's on Netflix. So, well, at the moment it's on Netflix um, in Australia anyway, um, and, yeah, I love it. So fun. So I have watched a little bit of Rita as well, and I've probably only watched a few episodes, to be honest, but it is really mm. hilarious. So yeah, it is. What's, what's the whole story about it? Is she's a teacher or is that right? Yeah. So it's about a, a, a teacher in a like kind of a middle school, I guess, or what like a, a pretty regular Danish Folkeskola, which is like um, a regular like public school. Um, and... Yeah, her name is Rita and um, she's this very sort of, I want to say like in some ways a bit of an unconventional maybe teacher. Um, She's really great with the kids, not always so great with adults Um, and it's all about I guess her interactions as a teacher, her interactions with her kids in her classes as well as like her personal life and everything that's going on there um but it's just this really fun mostly light-hearted series um and as I have found out since I think it's actually quite a good representation of schooling in Denmark um which is kind of a nice thing to know as well but yeah lots of lots of fun a lot of like a little bit of drama in there like it's got some serious notes um but in lots of ways it's just very funny very light-hearted sort of talks about lots of really modern issues and and things um and you know great for somebody who's learning Danish like me and she's a bit out there too isn't she yeah she's a bit out there yeah oh that's great (laughs) and yeah Danish that's awesome yeah such a fun tv show but like nice you know it's it it has a lot of interactions with 
with younger people. And so actually like a nice thing watching it as somebody who is learning Danish is that the the dialogues in it are very normal. Like they're very everyday kinds of conversations and that's a, a really fun thing to try and listen to. But, yeah, I think it's it's very relatable. Um, and, yeah, if you're looking for a, a nice, mostly lighthearted, um, fun series to watch, um, Reader is a great one. And especially for anybody out there who is a teacher or involved in education in some way, you might find this particularly interesting. Or if you have kids, like yeah. school-aged kids. Teenagers, I think there's yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, teenagers, lots of people out there who would find the kind of topics and the things that are discussed and some of the problems that people have and stuff really um, relevant. Oh, that's awesome. And yeah, it's nice but, that it's so, a comedy too because we've we've talked a bit about, you know, more kind of serious political crime mm. thriller type Danish and other Scandinavian series so it's nice comedy. yeah true and yeah. yeah exactly you're you're really right because there's a lot of um I guess you know the Nordic noir kind of um series are very popular and have been for quite some time but yeah this is this is not that at all um, much, much more lighthearted. So I'm glad to hear you've seen a couple of episodes. So you should definitely keep watching. I should. I, I need to go really back to it. Enjoy the rest of it. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. Love it, Pen. <laughs> and the good thing is, as well, because that is on Netflix. Um, you obviously there's English subtitles, um, but again, if you're like me and you are one of the people out there who is learning Danish, there is also Danish subtitles. So the reason I'm rewatching it at the moment is because I've been rewatching it with Danish subtitles, and that's been really helpful. Um, because like now that I know what the story is and I kind of know what's happening, I can actually like now focus on just being like, okay, can I hear and understand some of the words and like having the visual of the subtitles in Danish really helps with that. Oh, that, that is a good idea. Yeah. Mm. Good stuff. Well, yeah. while we're on the comedy theme I have been mm. watching I've only watched a few episodes of it but in a very close country to Denmark I have watched a few episodes of Welcome to Sweden oh, um, yes, I've heard of this yeah so it's it's a Swedish and American production so there is English and Swedish in the in the series very light-hearted um not really attempting, I don't think, too much to tackle any serious topics like Rita, but um, I like the fact that it's about a cross-cultural couple, American guy, Swedish woman, who decide to move from the States to Sweden. Um, and it's a bit, it's a bit, you know, crazy and stuff. It's full of comedians, Will Ferrells, and it's Amy Poehler as the producer. Ah, um, okay. And her brother, so Greg, yeah, is the lead character. Um. So I think it's a few years old now um, and I've been watching that on SBS but oh, I'm sure it is on other networks, other streaming services as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so is there quite a bit of Swedish in it as well? Yeah, there is because um, the it's kind of set in Sweden and so the, all mm. the family, all the characters are Swedish except for Greg, the American okay. guy yep. that moves over. Yep. So there's a lot of like talking about him and making fun of him. Uh. And um, <laughs> I, I don't know, it just, just reminded me of other, you know, family dynamics that, you know, yes. when you've got someone, unfortunately, on the outer or trying to, who's trying to learn the language but has, you know, it's not quite a conversational level yet. Yeah. So mm-hmm. 
Oh, wow. I think there would be so many cross-cultural couples who would identify with that experience. Yes. So Some many. of it's a bit mean, but anyway. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All solid ends well, I guess. That's right. <laughs> I should finish watching it and see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, how good. Love it. Love a bit of like Scandinavian, Scandinavian fun. Yeah. Yeah. It is nice. Um, Something a bit more serious that I have enjoyed watching recently was a documentary um, called Nailed It, as Mm. in nailed, N-A-R-L-E-D, nailed it. Yep. And it was about the... I guess the generation of Vietnamese refugees who settled in the US straight after the war in that mid to late 70s time frame and it was about a group of women who were brought under the wing of an actress and oh my goodness I'm going to forget her name now um ah oh, Tiki Hedren oh no I'm going to say it wrong anyway I'll find out who she is. Anyway, an actress who actually didn't know who she was. But anyway, she she took these women under her wing and trained them in, um, you know, beauty salon techniques but particularly doing nails. And it was all about how this group of women have, you know, been the huge driving force behind this juggernaut which is this you know, I think I read somewhere $8 billion nail salon industry in the US alone. Um, That's huge. Yeah. So it was actually really interesting from that perspective. Mm. But from the Vietnamese migrant story, it was actually really interesting as well because it was a lot of, you know, talk about how, you know, the second and third generation mm. kids you know, working in this industry isn't necessarily seen as something that, that um, you know, is as desirable as maybe it used to be, um, but how, you know, a lot of these businesses are, you know, completely family businesses, you know, mum, dad, uncle, cousin, daughter, son, everyone. Um, yeah, there was a lot of talk about, you know, the different race dynamics and it was produced by a daughter of a Vietnamese refugee who came across and um, so she kind of had that kind of personal connection to the story as well which yeah I I enjoyed it it's good oh how good I'll definitely have to watch that I I really love when tv can tell the stories that didn't always get told or you know the, the stories that didn't get airtime or, or yeah. word space or however it is that you describe it in the different types of media that we have. But um, I really love that now we can have some of these some of these parts of people's histories and their, you know, their backgrounds being told to the wider world. Um, and actually another good example of that kind of story um, is that there's recently been a TV show come out on SBS in Australia um, called New Gold Mountain. Um, and Penny, I don't know, you haven't watched it yet, have you? I haven't. It's been at the top of my list for a little while. <laughs> so okay. it, needs to, it needs to actually get off that to watch list and be watched. <laughs> 
Tell me oh, about amazing. it. Amazing. <laughs> well, it's actually only four episodes, so um, that's a good start. It's nice and short, so it's not like a massive time commitment. Um, but so yeah, it's a recent Australian production, um, and it's a, a, a sort of a period drama, I guess, um, set in the gold rush in Victoria. Um, so it's it's set in Ballarat. Um, so for any Victorians out there, other Australians, you, you might know Sovereign Hill, which is um, this sort of, uh, what would you describe Sovereign they Hill as? They describe themselves as a living museum. Ah, living museum. Yeah. What a good way to describe mm. Sovereign Hill. So Sovereign Hill is this living museum in Ballarat. It's all about the gold rush and the kind of world that that was at the time. And a lot of this, um, a lot of this series, New Gold Mountain, was actually filmed at Sovereign Hill or around Sovereign Hill. Um, and anyway, it's a, it's a gold rush story, but it's told from the perspective of, um, uh, I guess, a, a Chinese like headman um, of a Chinese camp in Ballarat where there are lots of people who were there for the gold rush, so um, people sort of working, mining for gold. And um, so we hear about his story um, as well as actually quite a few other um, sort of minority groups at the mm. time. So rather than saying sort of the the traditional sort of white story of the gold rush that we probably have all heard about before, um, it this is just told from a different perspective but from a group of people who were quite significant actually at the time. So, um yeah, I would really, really recommend it. Um, and yeah, it's not not a long one. So I think unlike sometimes when you sort of you get a recommendation from somebody about a sh- series and you're like, oh, six seasons, how am I going to find the time for that? This is only four episodes. Great. So basically, no excuse. <laughs> I need to jump yes. on this. <laughs> <laughs> but the nice thing is as well that just from like a linguistic point of view, um, although a lot of it is in English, um, actually quite a bit of it is also in Cantonese. So um, for anybody who is interested in that part of things, there is a bit of it in Cantonese and also I am pretty sure that it's got subtitles, definitely has simplified Chinese subtitles, possibly also Vietnamese. Mm. I'm not sure. I think you might be right. I think you might be right. Mm. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, so that's currently available on SBS On Demand. Yeah, that's that sounds really awesome. I love the fact that it was mm. um, filmed at Sovereign Hill as well because I have been I there know, quite a few so times. Cool. I've been like, oh, it's such a such a great place. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it is. It's nice to have those like like it is like a local story too. I think for yeah, there are lots of people who are the descendants of migrants from that time. Um, so yeah, it's nice to hear those. You know, a, albeit sort of fictionalized story, but a story being heard out in the wide world. I got into a um, a reality TV series earlier this year, a French one. I don't know if you've seen it, Beck. Um, I think the English name is called Parisian Agency, Les Gens. Oh, I haven't seen it. It's on okay. Netflix. Um, it's a bit <laughs> – it's not very serious. It's a bit like <laughs> – but I think we were we were deep in lockdown and, you know, places like Paris seemed very, very far away. Um, mm-hmm. So it's, it's filmed around uh, a family, a Parisian family who are real estate agents, but they are at the luxury end of the market. Ah. So they sell luxury properties. Um, but... Yeah, so there's a mum, dad, and I think there's three adult kids and then they've got their own families as well. 
Um, And, yeah, it's just a bit of fun. And I think for me, even though I watched it with English subtitles, the French I found pretty, I don't know, pretty clear in a way. I don't know. Mm -hmm. There must be maybe because they did some talking directly to camera as well as talking amongst themselves. And maybe when you do that, get that talking to camera kind of interaction Mm. it's a bit different it's you know it's not so much like a dialogue where you kind of try and follow what's going on did you find that as well because given that you said that it's like reality tv as well I feel like it would be quite casual in the way that they're talking to the camera and to each other as well especially if they're family yeah I think that Mm. family dynamics was nice and even though you know no doubt it's like scripted you know beyond belief um it still felt more casual than a Mm -hmm. you know a drama or something which is you know 100% scripted um and of course you know the bonus is you get to see some cool bits of of Paris as well which is which is kind of nice and meet some of the prospective buyers who have come to look at these luxury properties (laughs) what a great idea I don't think I've ever watched any reality tv in another language I think that sounds really cool. And I'm not usually a fan of reality TV, but I would totally watch something like that if only just for the, like, Parisian property insight. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then you'll start, you know, Googling what <laughs> what apartments can I afford. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the answer is none, just in case you were wondering. <laughs> you, an aside, do you ever do that on holidays, like when you do travel to places and then you see a real estate agency or something and then you look at the places that they've got in the windows? I do. We yes. do. We do <laughs> and we'll be like, oh, we could never afford that. <laughs> or sometimes it's the opposite. It's like, oh, it's not as expensive as I thought. <laughs> <laughs> Pack up everything and move to Spain. No. <laughs> Oh, I know. It feels a bit teasing at the moment to be talking about this though, doesn't it? I know. I know. I know it does. It does. Have you been watching anything else that has to do with travel? Yeah, travel-wise, well, actually, I have been watching a, well, it was a little while ago now, but it's something that I have re-watched, which is a travel cuisine show called Destination Flavor Japan. Mm-hmm. And this is presented by one of my all-time favourite chefs and presenters called Adam Liao. And he is – Love a, Adam Liao. I know. Love him. So he's an Aussie guy. He grew up in Adelaide, but his family is – I'm going to get this wrong now, but <laughs> Malay, Chinese and Japanese. I'm, I hope that's right, yeah. Adam. <laughs> um his Japanese is amazing and his Mandarin Chinese is really awesome too. So he has done a Destination Flavor China as well, um, which is which why I think these series just seem to work so well because the presenter himself has, you know, this amazing language skill so he can really connect with the people that he's talking to about, you know, different cooking techniques, food and you know, in markets and restaurants and things like that. So it just kind of adds that extra that extra level, which you don't always get if there's a translator involved or if someone has to speak in their, you know, second language and they're on camera and it's always a bit more tricky. So, yeah, I think that's really awesome. And, it, you know, it's about Japan. <laughs> so yeah. you can't go too far wrong. 
<laughs> yeah, amazing. Yeah, I remember um, just on that with, uh, I guess, <laughs> celebrity chefs who, who speak other languages, um, I remember watching uh, some Rick Stein um, shows quite a while ago, although I know there's still plenty of those floating around, um, and I think he speaks quite decent French because I do remember seeing quite a few of those where he had gone to France and he would be like cooking with somebody in their rural kitchen or something and he'd be chatting with them in French as he was doing it, um, which, yeah, always felt very impressive and nice. And you're right, there is a different, a slightly different connection when they're not having to deal with, for example, an, uh, an interpreter um, on screen. Yeah, yeah. No, I yeah. think so. Um, how about you? Have you had any travelly or anything else that you've been or anything a bit different Ooh. that you don't normally watch? <laughs> um, I have. Oh, I wouldn't say I've had any particular travel-related ones that I've been watching recently. Um, but something probably now – this is a little bit different for me and I would say I half watched this. So <laughs> but I just feel it would be remiss of me not to mention this show given how much it's been talked about lately. And that is Squid Game. Now, um obviously very talked about Netflix TV show at the moment. Um in Korean. And um so I sort of semi-watched this while my husband was watching it um, and it is probably not the kind of TV show that I would have chosen to just watch. Um, again, for those of you out there who haven't heard of this show yet, although I feel like almost everyone has, <laughs> it's just been like everyone's talking about Promo it. Promo um, <laughs> Yeah, I know, absolutely everywhere. Um, it, it is quite gory mm. um, and violent in parts, but an interesting concept um, essentially where people um, get an invitation to play some children's games um, with some very high stakes involved essentially. Mm. Um, and I, I won't explain any more of the story or what happens then, um, but what I did think was interesting is given that it is a Korean production and um, in obviously entirely in Korean, um, apparently there have been quite a lot of people who have been inspired by watching this very popular TV show to learn or start learning or have a bit of a double in Korean since. Mm. Um, and I'll pop, there was an article in Reuters um, just recently about this and the increase in interest um, of people wanting to learn Korean since um, since Squid Game came out. Um, but it's pretty significant, so we'll pop that in the show notes. But, yeah, interesting to see how a TV show can inspire people to learn a language. It's like this this kind of the pop culture cult following want to be immersed in this whole kind of zone of a show and then, you know, what what a great way to do it by by learning learning some Korean. I think it's awesome. Except, you know, not the gory yeah. and violent part. That's not that's not really me. But, <laughs> but the, learning of the Korean part's awesome. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it is too. I mean, yeah, like I said, not usually the kind of TV show I would watch. And yeah, I didn't entirely watch it in full. I kind of watched bits and pieces here and there, but I did like listening to the Korean in it. Um, and I liked kind of hearing the different, the different sounds. Cause as somebody who has studied some Japanese before, like Korean is not a language that I'm like great at identifying. Like I can, I can tell when it's not Japanese <laughs> and I know that it's, I can tell when it's not like if I'm comparing to other Asian languages, kind of of a similar region, um, like I can narrow it down, but it was nice listening to, to Korean um, in well, a little bit more than I'm probably used to, yeah. but yeah. But something that I have been watching or that I did watch, sorry, um, that was probably more like my kind of TV show. <laughs> um, read drama, read historical. Um, was a Czech TV show called The Sleepers. Um, now we watched that. Hmm, I want to say maybe about six months ago now, um, and that is also on SBS on demand. Um, and that was like a Cold War drama set in. Um, set in Prague. Oh, how interesting. Okay. Mm. Oh, cool. Yeah. So for anybody who does like a bit of Cold War history, yeah. but again, told from a bit of a different perspective, like not necessarily the kind of usual perspective. So like um, US, Russia, um, you know, German um, points of view, which there are lots of people with lots of stories about that and lots of TV shows and movies about those things, um, which I also do love. Um, but it was nice to see that time um, from a different point of view. So, yeah. So that's a, that's a series or a film? That is that is a series, Okay. Yes. Oh, great. Yeah. Okay, that sounds really good. Mm. Yeah. I, um, another series that I got into quite a bit a few months ago Um was The Serpent, um, and that's streaming on Netflix. And it's set in Thailand mostly. It's also set in a few other places in Asia and um, Hong Kong and Kathmandu, but mostly in Bangkok in Thailand in the 1970s. And it's a, it's based on the true story of a, of a murderer, which, yeah, it's not a very nice person, um, Charles Sabraj, who was basically going through Asia but mostly in Thailand but other parts of Asia too and and, and drugging and robbing tourists throughout that kind Ooh. of time. Um, backpackers, yeah. And uh, I was just going to say it sounds like a backpacker's nightmare. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I think, again, we might have been, you know, deep in a lockdown. I was just like, oh, Thailand, mm. oh. <laughs> Um, yeah. so it's, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of English in this series, but there is also, um, the main character, Charles Sabraj, um, girlfriend or wife is French Canadian. And so she speaks a lot of French in the series, but she's actually played by Jenna Coleman, who is a British actress. Um, oh, okay. and I remember reading lots of articles when the series came out, you know, she was getting a lot of heat you know, criticism for her French-Canadian accent, um, oh. you know, and, and being, being a, a, you know, a non-French speaker and definitely not really knowing much about the French-Canadian accent, I 
can't you know can't comment but yeah it was just interesting I mean she is a British actress so it's you know Mm. but she worked with a voice coach and and all kinds of things um but yeah so that's another interesting part to the show but there's also um you know a couple of Dutch characters and of course a lot of Thai characters as well so there's a bit of um Mm. Thai Dutch in the series too which is nice um but yeah, it was one of those bit addictive ones because you're like, oh, what's going to happen next? Oh, yes. Love a good compelling, compelling drama. Um, and I feel like that issue with kind of accents or, you know, I guess it often happens with accents for people who are maybe English speakers and they're portraying somebody in a TV show or in a film who is of a different background. Um, that must be quite a tricky area mm-hmm. in sort of production of these sorts of series because um, there's probably quite a fine line between making something realistic or trying to coach an actor or an actress into having a realistic accent or, you know, sometimes even just coaching them into speaking another language, which happens too. Um, and But also at the same time like trying to hmm, <laughs> make sure that they're not in some way maybe being offensive or or incorrectly um, portraying a, a particular way of speaking or yes and I think that's where a lot of the criticism comes from is like well if this mm. character was supposed to be French Canadian why wasn't a French Canadian actor cast mm. in that yes. role um, that's you know that's a whole nother <laughs> discussion another story <laughs> a whole nother story yes indeed. So that one's, yeah, that one's on Netflix. Worth, worth a look. Love it. Very good. Very good. Um, also, I was going to ask you about a series that I think you have watched. I remember you mentioning this to me another time when we were chatting, not on the podcast, because <laughs> we do that too. We do chat sometimes, not on the podcast. Uh-huh. Um, and I remember you mentioning the Durrells to me. Oh, yes. Um, and I have been meaning to watch it for quite some time. Um could you tell us a little bit more about the Durrells? Oh, it's just a really, a really lovely series, and I think I think there's maybe four seasons. Um, so it's about it. What's well, based on a true story um, about a British family who leave the UK in the 30s and kind of up sticks and um, move to Corfu, and so there's four kids and the mum, and the the dad had been think had been killed during the war or he had died anyway um and so um the youngest son is um becomes an author and this is what the series is based on some books that he later writes which become very famous famous um and which the name escapes me now which is terrible um we'll pop it in the show notes (laughs) (laughs) um and so he's yeah he's a he's a naturalist um all into you know studying all the wonderful wildlife in in Corfu but it's yeah it's just lovely because the 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 scenery is beautiful the characters are so lovely it's an historic drama but it's also you know based on some real life things and um you know, there's lots of fun Greek in there as well. And I just think, you know, the main character too, the woman who brings her family across, you know, 
halfway across the world um, and sets up life in a whole other country back back in those days. Yeah, it's just, yeah, it's really awesome. Oh, I love that. Okay, yes, it, it's top of my list. I need to make sure that I can see that on because that's on that was on ABC. ABC yes, and last yep. time I looked though, it had been removed, so oh, it might nice. be available on some other streaming services. But okay, yeah, it I was will. on ABC. I will find it, and in you know, in the unlikely event that I can't find it somewhere else, then I might just have to get it on DVD. Good old DVD. <laughs> Good old DVD. Speaking of, actually, I had to – so one of my favourite films of the last couple of years, um, favourite German films anyway, um, which I have on DVD <laughs> because I wasn't able to stream it anywhere previously, um, I found out that it is able to be streamed now, able to be streamed now, um, in Australia at least anyway. It's now on SBS On Demand um, and it's a film called, well, in English it's called Never Look Away. In German it's the title is Valkona Autor, um, not a literal translation. Valkona Autor is like work without author or work, uh, you know, when, when oh. like a painting doesn't have a doesn't yeah. have the name of the person yeah. who you know painted it. <laughs> yeah, that's yep. what I mean. <laughs> um, and I got really excited because I found out that that was on now on SBS on demand. Um, and so all of my friends who I've been raving to about this film for the last couple of years um, now have no excuse except to watch it because now I've told them and now it's there and they can watch it and they don't need to borrow my DVD. <laughs> so I'm really excited. <laughs> so Never Look Away, it's a film. What's what's it about? So, oh God, I love it so much. Um, where do I even begin? So <laughs> it's um, a film about, um, well, it's primarily about a, the main character is um, – we see at the beginning it actually crosses like kind of a whole period of this person's life um starts right at the beginning when he's a boy and um it's sort of the this or just before the second world war um and then you see him as he's a little bit older and that's when the war has sort of um just finished and then we sort of go into some of the rest of his life as he becomes an adult and that obviously spans a fairly significant part of some very important things that happened in German history in the 20th century. So we kind of, yeah, got like the Second World War, um, the sort of post-war time um, and then also the sort of East and West Germany, the start of the Cold War, um, that period in there too. But it's all about this story of this um of this character who um, is a very artistic, well, he's a very artistic boy and then he becomes an artist um, and, yeah, it's a story of this this guy's life and some, some really interconnected things at play um, that are both historical, um, well, historical in the context, it's, it's not a true story, um, but there are some, some things going on in the background that connect up his life and some other people in his life his his wife eventually and and all of these historical sort of events that are happening around them. So it's a really it's a really beautiful story. It's really well done. Um, it has a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful soundtrack composed by Max Richter. Um, for anybody else out there who enjoys a bit of classical music, um, but 
it's just a, a fantastic film and it's directed and written by the same um, the same director who did uh, The Lives of Others, um, Das Leben der Anderen, for anybody else who remembers that film, which um, won Best Foreign Film many years ago now, probably in about 2006, I think, maybe 2005 or 2006. Um, and, yeah, great film. Go watch it. Oh, Don't wow. be scared off by how long it is. It's really long, but it's so worth it. <laughs> Wow, you've done it. And I will be raving to everybody about it for years. This is not the last you will hear about Never Look Away. <laughs> you've done a good sell job. That's awesome. And how great that it's on SBS now as well. Yes, exactly. I know. I was so excited. Um, but yeah, a really fantastic film and one that I have now seen probably too many, maybe too many times. I don't know. How many how many is too many? I don't know. I'm not gonna say. <laughs> All in the name of, you know, German practice, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. All just in the name of German practice. Yes. Every time I watch it, I'm like, yes, just practicing my German and listening to this beautiful music and yeah, watching all the beautiful see? people. It's great. That's really what great. life's about. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. exactly. Oh, wow. I feel like we got through heaps of shows in that in that half an hour. Wow. I know, um, and I've got so many more things to add to my list. See, ah, this is what happens. We have this chat and then I have a full new watch list to go away with for the next 12 months before we come see, back and chat about awesome. this again. Awesome. <laughs> and I hope so for you um, listening as well that, you know, there might be something that sparks your interest in our little chat today, which you might be able to find and enjoy watching as well. But we would love to know what you've been watching that you reckon we should give a try. So, yes, don't forget you can hit us up on Instagram and Facebook or you can send us an email, find us on the website. We are pretty much everywhere, so you won't have any problems finding us. <laughs> you can find us in all the places. <laughs> um, and, yes, if you have enjoyed this episode too, please don't forget you can give us a review and a rating and share with other people who might also be into languages and talking about multilingual TV and film. Yeah. It's a bit of a niche exactly. topic, isn't it? <laughs> you know, it's like I, I feel, is it? Is it? I kind of feel like it isn't there so much these days That's because true. actually we've got so much more available to us, which is that great. That is very true. It's really, it's a win for everyone. That is very true, Beck. <laughs> <laughs> And, of course, if you do want to join our little community that we have on Facebook, then do just look us up. You'll find us at Language Lovers AU Community there. It's a fun group. You can come in and hang out with us. And we will catch you again in another fortnight. Thanks for listening. See you next time.